Welcome back to the 90 Days New Podcast. Today we're going to take a look at John chapter 10. We haven't spent too many episodes looking at chapters. We've been covering broad-stroked themes that uh, help you navigate the books that we are going through, but I did want to take a minute to look at John chapter 10, which is on your reading schedule for tomorrow, if you haven't already gotten ahead. Um, But take a look at this chapter with us, and verse 22 says, At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. Now, why is that so significant? Well, this is one of the only places in the Bible that make a direct reference to this holiday. And this holiday is actually coming up on our calendar. Uh, Most of us refer to it as Hanukkah. Um, but they referred to it back then as the Feast of Dedication, and that is a remembrance of the revolt that took place or began in 167 B.C. And through this revolt, the Israelites won their independence um, by fighting back against the Seleucid Kingdom, and this was uh, a a time of great celebration because the Seleucids were trying desperately to Hellenize the Jewish people, to take away their identity, to remove their religious traditions and practices, and to replace them with Greek practices and Greek religion. And the leader at the time, Antiochus Epiphanes, he even was said to have gone into the temple and sacrificed a pig on the altar. He erected a, an altar to Zeus and sacrificed a pig. And so this was a bad uh, time. And The Feast of Dedication, or Hanukkah, is a celebration of these great leaders uh, who stood up against tyranny. They weren't going to bow down and compromise their values. And so Jesus goes to this celebration, which is a celebration of good leadership. That's what it is, a celebration of good leadership, of sacrificial leadership, people willing to lay down their lives for the good of the people. And he stands up at this celebration, and he begins speaking about the good shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd. He talks about how he comes to help the sheep, but there are some there who uh, come in as a thief or a robber in verse 1, in John chapter 10, verse 1, and it goes on to talk about how the sheep hear Jesus' voice, and they follow him, but they won't follow strangers. I can just go down through this, and there's so much here. He calls himself the door of the sheep, explaining that he is the, the one way to get to the Father, um, because if you had a gate, that was how the sheep entered. They came through the gate. They didn't go over the fence. They didn't go under the fence. They went through the gate, and anyone that didn't come in through that gate was a thief or a robber. And uh, so Jesus makes it very clear that he is the one good shepherd, the one who can lead them to life. Anybody else that they follow will lead them to death. And uh, he refers to wolves coming and destroying the sheep, scattering the sheep. And uh, he goes on and on and talks about a lot of a lot of different material. And as you read through this, um, as New Testament Christians, we need to be understanding where is he drawing this material from? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Where is this coming from? How, what more can we glean from this? Because Jesus isn't just making this stuff up uh, as he goes. He's actually taking material from the Old Testament, which he often does, and applying it to the current situation. Some of the prophecies from the Old Testament are being uh, revealed here and are being fulfilled here as Jesus speaks during this 
celebration of Hanukkah, the celebration of good leadership. Um, and so where is he drawing this? Now, most of us in Western civilization, especially here in America, if we think about the shepherd and sheep, most of us, our minds would immediately link to Psalm 23. We've grown up hearing Psalm 23, many of us, and it became a very famous psalm to us. I don't know why it was elevated so much for us, because you don't see it quoted too often in the New Testament by Jesus or Paul or anybody else. Um, whereas we quote it all the time. It's read at funerals, and it's on plaques that are hanging on our walls. And Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm, it just really became important to our culture for one reason or another. But I don't believe that's what Jesus is referring to or alluding to when he calls himself the good shepherd. He's not thinking about Psalm 23 here. I think if you were to find an Old Testament passage that fit with this, it would actually be Ezekiel 34. So I want to challenge you, maybe pause this, go read through Ezekiel 34 real quick, and then come back and resume uh, where we left off. Because what you're going to find here is a description of the bad shepherds in Israel. There were evil leaders who were just trying to gain profit from the people of Israel. They didn't care about their welfare. They didn't care about their spiritual condition. They weren't uh, leading people into righteousness. They weren't fighting off the, the evil and the, uh, the turmoil that was around them uh, through prayer and through sacrifice. They weren't willing to go and lay down their life for the people. They just wanted to see what they could get out of them. And God brings a word of condemnation to those leaders, to those shepherds, and saying he's going to remove those shepherds. It says in verse uh, 2, Thus says the Lord God, all shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? Remember, Jesus speaks about that when he goes and talks to Peter. He tells Peter to feed his sheep, to feed his sheep. See, that's what a good shepherd would do, would feed the sheep. But that's not what these bad shepherds are doing. It says in verse 3 of Ezekiel 34, you eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones. You see, they're, they're actually killing the sheep and using the wool and the fat and the meat of the sheep for their own benefit. Uh, but they're certainly not feeding the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. Well, you think about Jesus' ministry, and that's exactly what he was doing. He was healing the sick. He was curing the injured. He was gathering the strays that had wandered off, uh, like the prodigal son and others. That I mean, that's his ministry, to come and to undo all the harm that these bad shepherds had done in the past. And so I find it quite ironic that the people of Israel are gathered together to celebrate good leadership and Jesus gets up and he quotes from the Old Testament where God declared them as bad leaders. And Jesus stands up and says, I am the good leader. I'm the good shepherd. And when you read through this, you'll hear a lot of condemning words in Ezekiel about the bad shepherd. But then when you get down towards the bottom of the chapter, it says this. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. You see, 
even back then, hundreds of years prior to Jesus getting up and making this speech, God had already predicted that in light of all this bad leadership, in light of all these selfish and unsacrificial shepherds that existed in Israel, he was going to fix the problem by sending a descendant of David, the servant of David, and, and this is after David has already died, so we know that this is a descendant, one who was going to descend from him, the one that they were looking forward to, the Messiah. He was going to send him, that prince, and he would show up, and he would feed the sheep. He would be the leader that they needed, the one that would bind them up and bring them back to God. Um, Jesus was not selfish. Jesus did not abuse and use the people for his own ill-gotten gain. Uh, in fact, he continued to live a life of really of poverty. He had no place to lay his head, he said. He didn't have a, a permanent home. He didn't settle in any roots and collect material goods. Uh, he continued to live almost as a nomad as he traveled around and he helped other people. Um, he helped um, feed those who were hungry whenever he broke the five loaves of bread and the two fish and fed 5,000. I mean, all of these miracles were meant to help people, and he sacrificed himself. And then most importantly, we see him laying down his life for the sheep. We see him going to the cross because no matter how many mouths he fed, no matter how many sick people he healed, none of that would really matter in the end if people died in their sin. But Jesus laid down his life, as the good shepherd and as the lamb of God. He's the shepherd and the lamb, both simultaneously, and he becomes the sacrifice necessary for people to have eternal life. I mean, this is a shepherd who really cares for his sheep. He wants them to live, and he wants them to have life and life abundantly, unlike the other leaders of his day. And so as you think about um, the, the concept of Hanukkah and about one who would stand up against tyranny and against the oppression of evil. While the Maccabean revolt reflects that and, and resembles that kind of sacrifice, um, much more so than that do we see that in Jesus Christ, who stood up against the powers of hell and laid down his life so that you and I would not have to succumb to the power of the evil one. Uh, so I hope that helps you a little as you reflect over John chapter 10, and we will see you on the next episode, 90 Days Noon.